Thank you, Brother Seth. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to the book of Luke, back to chapter number 1. And I want to begin in verse 5. Luke chapter 1 and verse number 5. The scripture says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. I want to preach tonight on verse number 5, 6, and 7. We'll build from there about Elizabeth and how Elizabeth was serving in silence. Serving in silence. We remember there's been 400 years of silence from God that has taken place between the book of Malachi and where we are here in the book of Luke chapter 1. There have been four centuries of war and four centuries of woe. Israel has been kicked back and forth by Syria and Egypt like a football. I want to look tonight at this young lady as she's now growing well up in years and talk about her for just a little bit as she might point us in the direction that we need to go. Father, would you help us tonight to preach the word of God in the power and in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. God, would you give us wisdom to rightly divide the word? And God, would you speak your word to that heart tonight that needs to hear it? Father, I ask your help now in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. I'll be honest, right now, I could literally stand up and say two words. These are the most two important words of this entire sermon tonight. And if I spoke those two words, you'd get my heart. And I don't know, but I believe with all my heart, if you'll just listen to me a little bit and we get to those two words, it's going to be a help to somebody tonight and this week. I want to look, number one, at her reputation. When I think about Elizabeth, I think about a home. I think about the home she's building. Remember, she's married to her husband by the name of Zacharias, who is a priest. So we'll look at her reputation. She has built a home of faith. Do you have a home of faith tonight? The Bible speaks about in the days of Herod. One of the darkest days in all of Israel's history was when Herod was on the throne. He murdered one of his own wives. He murdered some of his own children. He was a vicious prince. But contrast that to a virtuous priest by the name of Zacharias who was serving God blamelessly in the most distressful days of all of Israel's history. The Bible tells us about her husband that Zacharias, they were both righteous before God. They were well instructed. They were greatly enlightened. They were serving in faith and obedience, and they were blameless before God. He was of the course of Abia. There are 24 courses of priests that David set up, and he's of the course of Abia. Notice with me that Elizabeth is also from a priestly line. The Bible says she is of the daughters of Aaron. Aaron was a priest also. And the Bible tells us that they've got a godly home. 
walking in righteousness and all the commandments before the Lord blameless. But verse 7, we're speaking about her personality. Verse 7, the Bible says she had no child. She was barren. All these years when they were younger, they prayed for a child, prayed for a child, but God did not bless them with a child in their younger years. I want to discuss her privilege in verse number 8. It came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. So here, it's his one time in his entire life to walk into the holy place and to burn incense before God. And can you imagine his heart's beating, pounding, He's excited what a prude this is. He gets in there, he puts the altar, uh, the incense on the altar, and he looks, verse 11, there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. He had heard many a priest that had uh, heard of many a priest that had gone back there with sin in their life, and God killed them in the holy place. And they had a hook that they had to drag him out. And when he saw the angel, he was fearing for his life. Beginning to wonder, Lord, did I not pray before I got in here? Are the people not praying for me outside? Lord, what on earth is going to happen to me? And the angel spoke to him in verse 13 and said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Thank God tonight our prayers have been heard in glory. Jesus has heard our prayers and he's going to answer in his good time. He says, Thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. Thou shalt call his name John. Do you see her privilege? She is going to be the mother of John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. God, after 400 years of silence, has dispatched Gabriel with a message to tell Zacharias his prayer and Elizabeth's prayer has been heard, they're going to bear a son in their old age. In their old age. And God's heard. And the Bible says, verse 14, Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall return to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him, speaking of the Lord Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Elizabeth and Zacharias had a home of faith. That was their reputation. Number two, I want us to see her realization. Her home is a home of forgiveness. Now the angel has shared with them that they're going to be the parents of John the Baptist and even in their old age God's doing a miracle. Verse 18 Zechariah said unto the angel, whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. He says, God, I want a sign that what you're telling me is true. I just can't believe it. I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been a man of de devotion all these years, but now after I've been a man of prayer and devotion, I've become a man of doubt. And you know how it is. When we hear that God has heard our prayer, 
doubt sets in. What prayer did he hear? What's he going to do for me? Well, he's probably going to do it for somebody else and not for me. Well, the Bible says, he says, I'm an old man. My wife, well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel. They stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. See what? He doesn't believe God. It's not enough that God has said so. Let me say that again. It is not enough for Zacharias the priest that God has said so. Sometimes it's not enough for us that God has said so. And we still doubt what God has said. He's astounded. Unbelief and uncertainty has completely set in. And the angel said, you're going to be stricken done. You're not going to be able to hear. You're not going to be able to speak. And shortly the angel has vanished. The old priest, he's shaken. The old priest, he's shamed. There he stands, wrapped in silence. Do you see it? Silence again. After 400 years of silence, God has spoken, and Zacharias cannot go out and tell anybody because God has taken away his voice and his ability to hear. Verse 21, the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. You see, everybody saw his problem, but they did not know why it was occurring. And they all began to, you know, try to figure out, suggest what's going on. The Bible says in verse 23, it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. He's going home. Here he has doubted God. He's asked God for a sign, and God said, you want a sign? Here's your sign. You're not going to be able to hear, and you're not going to be able to speak. There's your sign that I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. Now he goes home. Can you imagine? He goes home to his wife. He can't talk. He can't communicate. The only thing he can do is write a few words down. And she's like, Zacharias, darling, after all these years of service to God, what in the world? What, what's, what have you seen? What has happened? And he tries to explain to her how he has failed God. Just imagine a husband trying to admit to his wife, Honey, I've missed God on this. This has happened to me. But he can't share it and he can't tell it. I want to say that her home was a home of faith. But her home was a home of forgiveness. She said, Honey, I've failed God too. I've failed him a many a time. And honey, if God said we're going to have a child, then let's just believe him. And she went to encourage her husband and to try to be a blessing to him and try to support him when everybody else couldn't understand. Thank God for a wife that was there that he could talk to. The Bible says in verse 24, and after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. Hey, thank God for it. She conceived. Imagine with me the punishment did not invalidate the promise. The baby was still conceived in her old age and in his old age. The Bible says she hid herself five months. While it wouldn't be proper for an old lady that ought to be a great granny now to be walking around 
five months pregnant. So she secluded herself. She hid herself. She was in a place of silence. She's serving God in silence while she's making her home, establishing it as a home of forgiveness. This is what she said. Because being childless and being barren was a sign of reproach. It was a, it was, they felt like God would not bless them and they'd done something wrong. Look what she says in verse 25. Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. She said, God's blessed me and he's took away my reproach. Thirdly, here we go. I see thirdly, uh, the angel of the Lord has appeared to Mary and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. You found favor with God. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, Mary, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Verse 35, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Now Mary never asked for a sign. She's just hearing the angel speak to her. And he says, your cousin Elizabeth, in her old age, you know she's barren. She is six months with child even now. Do you see his suggestion, his hint, hint, hint of if you doubt it, if you want to go check it out, see what the Lord's up to. Verse 38, Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now here we go. Point number three. Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. Thirdly, I want you to see Elizabeth's reception. She's making her home. Not only is it a, a, a home of faith and is a home of forgiveness, but thirdly, it's a home of fellowship. When Mary, the virgin that's now with child, amen, she comes walking into their house. The Bible says she saluted Elizabeth. What do you think she did when she saluted her? I, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. Does she say, Elizabeth? Does she say, Elizabeth, you're not going to believe it. Elizabeth, God's blessed me. Elizabeth, I don't know what she said in her salutation, but the Bible says it came to pass. Verse 41, when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now the Bible said about John that in her womb, John was filled with the Holy Ghost. And when... Elizabeth heard Mary's salutation. I don't know if she said, I'm going to have the Messiah. God's blessed me among women. When she heard it, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled 
with the Holy Ghost. What about that? Now here's my thought. Mary is probably a teenager. Elizabeth is old enough to be a grandma or a great-grandma, and she is six months with child. And it'd been easy for that older woman to look at that young whippersnapper of a girl and be jealous of her. On I am having a baby, but it took me all these years, and you get to have one just like that. But Elizabeth's not jealous. Elizabeth could have looked and said, why, here she comes. I am having the forerunner of the Messiah. And why did she get chosen to be the mother of the Messiah, the Christ? She was not jealous. She was sympathetic, filled with humility. And she received her, Mary, the mother of the Messiah. Imagine, here's a girl. That's going to be, in that day and culture, if you were with child as a teenager out of wedlock, you were shunned, you were shamed, you were ostracized. She was engaged to Joseph. He could have killed her by stoning her. And Mary has come into the home. Don't forget who Elizabeth's husband was. He was a man of God. He was the priest. And the priest knew what the book said. That one that commits adultery should be stoned. But honey, Mary has not committed adultery. She's a virgin. And the Holy Ghost has moved upon her. And she received her into her home in sympathy. And she, relieved, she received her into her home for fellowship. Now, the Bible says in verse 42, she spake out of a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Do you hear her saying, Girl, I'm not even worthy that you would be under my roof. Why in the world would you come to check on me and to see me in these days? Honey, you're blessed among women. She did not say above. You're blessed among women. Verse 44, for lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. I have two words. God's given me these two words, and they have echoed, they've echoed and echoed and echoed. I want you to write them down or at least try to memorize them. Elizabeth was a safe place for Mary. Are you a safe place for somebody? Can you honestly receive someone into your home and it be a place of fellowship without you being jealous, without you castigating them? I'm telling you this week and maybe even tonight, you're going to run across somebody in your path and they're going to need to share with you the burden of their heart. Here is Mary. Can you just imagine what she's going to be facing? The fear and, and, the, and the worry and the burden that she carries. And when she comes, she comes to see her cousin, her older cousin, Elizabeth, 
who's six months with child on her own. And Elizabeth receives her in as a, here's another word, shelter. That word keeps ringing in my mind. I'll shelter you. This will be a safe place for you, Mary. I won't hurt you. I won't harm you. Woo! Can someone trust you to come to you and pour out their heart without you being the subject of the next lesson in the Sunday school class, without you being the next uh, uh, illustration from the sermon from the pulpit? Can someone share their heart with you and depend on you to pray for them and sustain them and shelter them and love them and fellowship with them? I want to ask you another question. What if you were Mary, and you kind of are, you've got Jesus inside? And if he's in there, it's going to get out on you. Can you? Is there someone that you have when I'm telling you the world's turned against you and fear set in and the birds of the world sit down on you? Do you have someone that you could go to and say, that person is my safe place? Oh, preacher, dare not go to God. Mary's already heard from God. She heard directly from an angel. Who'd you hear from? I didn't hear from anybody. And yet Mary, hearing from the angel of God, took the time to go to Elizabeth to share with her her burden. And Elizabeth said, the babe's leaped in my womb. I'm filled up with the Holy Ghost. She took off to testifying and witnessing, and she received her and encouraged her heart. Do you have someone that would be an encouragement for you? Can you be an encouragement for somebody? There's my word, safe place. Are you a safe place for somebody tonight, amen? Now the Bible says, let's, let's skip down to verse 57. It just bears, bears noting that she, Mary, has been accepted in the priest's home. She's welcomed there in a place of love, joy, and peace. And, and if she had anything to, listen, if Mary had anything to hide, the priest's house would be the last place she would be accepted, amen? But because the law says she should be stoned. But she didn't have anything to hide. Now look with verse 57. Now Elizabeth, full time came that she should be delivered. And she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her. And they rejoiced with her. Number four, and I'll be done. I see in Elizabeth, I see revelation. Revelation. Her house is a house that's filled. Filled with what? Filled with the Spirit of God. I think our houses are filled with a lot of things. They're filled with furniture. They're filled with clutter. They're they're filled with people who complain and murmur and are often bitter. Could we say that we dwell in a place that is filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm speaking of your body, which is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That he resides inside of you. I wonder tonight, how many of you tonight, listen, my gas tank, as I got ready to leave, it said I could go like 20 miles. I thought, boy, I'm running a little bit late for Christmas play practice. I wonder if I should stop and get gas. It's Sunday. Somebody will see me. They'll put me down for doing this. But my ox is in a ditch here. Had to stop and get gas because it was empty. I could have drove up that mountain. I could have took the chance. It's going to get me here. It might not have. 
I might have had to walk the rest of the way, but I recognized that I was empty and I needed to get filled up. Can you recognize when you're empty and you need to be filled up? Can you recognize that I'm running low and I need to be filled up? Honey, he runs on high test. Amen. And he gives you the best, glory to God. This church ought to be a filling station. When we get around each other, we ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible says, verse 59, it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. They called him Zacharias. The family called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, not so. He shall be called John. John means the Lord is gracious. Let's go all the way back to when Zacharias was doubting and filled with unbelief and smitten with silence and not able to speak. And, and Elizabeth, she forgave him. Elizabeth supported him. Elizabeth, he, she was his safe place. He can confide in her, share with her the burden of his heart, amen. And she received him and loved him. And now they're going to have a baby. Praise God for it. And in verses 57 on, she has that baby. And everybody says, he's going to be called John. But Elizabeth said, no, 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 no. My husband told me when he was in the temple and he was in the holy place that the angel Gabriel appeared to him and said the baby's name is going to be John and bless God I believe what my husband told me he's not going to be Zacharias Jr. His name's going to be John because the Lord is gracious. Well the family didn't like that. Verse 61, they said unto her, there is none of thy kindred that is called by this name and they made signs to his father how, we, how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table and he wrote, saying, His name is John. Here's a man that's been smitten, stricken of God for nine months, not able to preach, nine months, not able to minister, nine months, not able to share, nine months. He's gone nine months in this predicament. And he could be bitter and angry and mad at God when it comes to his opportunity. And he hears them getting ready to say, oh, we're going to name the baby Zacharias Jr. He says, give me an etch-a-sketch. <laughs> and he gets him a writing table, table and he writes, his name is John. This is what he said, God is still good. God is gracious. The Lord is gracious, though I'm smitten. The Lord is gracious. And the Bible says that when he wrote that down, his mouth was open immediately and his tongue loosed and he spake and praised God and fear came on all that dwelt round about them. And these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? That's not a question. That's an exclamation mark. And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost. You see that? In that home, there's a little baby that had the Holy Ghost in the womb that's now been delivered. He's still filled with the Holy Ghost. That mother, Elizabeth, she's been filled with the Holy Ghost. And now here's Zacharias. Thank God he's filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Our houses, our homes. Here's Revelation. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God. We've run too long on empty. Amen. Well, I'll just be honest with you. I'm done. 
God gave me two words, and I've got more I want, I want, got more I want to share about what Zachariah said. And God said, shut it down. I started to from the beginning. I preached everything I had to ask you a question tonight. Are you a safe place? I mean, when somebody comes to you and they share, oh, yes, I am. I'll never forget one time I stood right back there. Y'all hear me. I stood right back there. Somebody came. They shared the burden of their heart in private to me, whispered up in my ear. I said a quick word of prayer with them. They walked out the door. I come down and somebody come over. I couldn't help but notice so-and-so was talking to you. It's amazing how the preacher gets watched. I said, yeah. Yeah, I, I talked to him. Well, I just kind of wondered what the conversation was like. I said it was good. And they said, but yeah, but I mean, I mean, there's a situation. I'm a, I kind of know there's a situation. I'm just kind of wondering. I'm just kind of, look, look right here. You see right here, Brother Jerry? What is that, Jerry? It's a bug. I'm telling you, I'm preaching in the right hole right now. There's a bug crawling across the carpet right now, amen. And I'm telling you, you listen to me. That's not by accident. You, you don't you cut me off. That person said, well, would you share with me? I said, well, can you keep a secret? And they said, yeah. I said, so can I. Amen. Are you somebody's safe place? Can they trust you to share the most intimate heart, uh, the details of their heart and you not go post it on Facebook or you not go post it on them later on and hurt them with it? I want to be a safe place, don't you? Elizabeth, four places in the scripture, she made her home a home of faith. Is your home a home of faith? A home of fellowship, a home of forgiveness, a home that was filled with the Spirit. You stand to your feet, I'm done. Maybe there's somebody here who said, Preacher Darren, God help me to be that safe place for somebody. You may come tonight and say, God help me. Preacher Darren, I'm trying to find somebody that I can talk to somebody that got to be my safe place. And Lord knows, I don't have anybody to talk to. I get in a mud hole, I don't know who to talk to tonight in my situation. Would you come tonight? Would you come tonight? Maybe there's somebody here you'd say, you know what? God has said he's going to answer my prayer. And immediately doubt set in me. And I don't need doubt in my heart. When God speaks to me and says, I'm going to answer your prayers, I'm going to do this and this and this in your life, I don't need to be a doubter. I don't need to be smitten in a place where I can't pray and I can't audibly communicate with others to tell them the love of God. God, help me. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. And God, safe place. Here's a lady older, well-stricken in years and she has come to the place in her life where she's serving God in 400 silent years and she's faithful not complaining not swayed by the world's conditions of her days she's faithful and obedient and then Lord when her husband comes home not able to hear her speak and here she stands in silence in her home, can't communicate with her loved one. She receives him, and she loves him and supports him. And then when she's pregnant, five, six months, here comes Mary to the hill country and salutes her, and she receives her right in and encourages her and supports her and is her safe place. God, I pray 
you'd cause this church to be somebody's safe place. God, this will be a place of encouragement, a place of life, a place of help, and not a place where we run down victims and where we bully others around us and we turn up our religious nose at those that we feel are inferior to our walk with Christ. God, I must remind myself every day, were it not for the grace of God, I'd be in hell with my back broke. I'm so thankful tonight for the good grace of God. And Lord, I want to thank you that in my life, you have sent men, and yea, there have been women in my family, God, that have been such a rock and such a staple in my life that I could share with them, and God, then pray for me. Lord, I could feel their tears running down my neck as they prayed over me and loved me. God, help us to be a safe place. And for this I pray in Jesus' name, amen.